This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. As you guys know, there's no other sport like hockey. From the fast tempo to the fights to the highlight reel plays, and there's no better way to make it more exciting than betting on it. By understanding the details of each team and game, you can turn that knowledge into cash with mybookie.ag. Nobody gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie has the best payouts and better odds than any other sportsbook. I wouldn't be telling you this if they weren't the best. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $100, you receive an extra $50 free money to play with. Deposit $200, get an extra $100, you get the deal. Just use the promo code THPN to activate the offer and take advantage of this. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Release the Kraken. (laughs) The name Kraken was reportedly leaked by a team official last week. It was first reported by the Washington Capitals blog, The Russian Machine Never Breaks, that a team official for the Seattle, the currently unnamed Seattle franchise, was going to be the Kraken. Again, that's not verified by anybody that actually matters in the Seattle organization, so we still don't know for sure what it'll be, but there is a chance that it could be the Seattle Kraken. The team responded on Twitter with a tweet that nodded towards almost every single one of the finalists that they have for their team name. Let me read that for you real quick from at NHL Seattle. While we're aware of some fishy rumors surrounding our team name, please rest assured we are doing our due diligence by scouring the depths of the ocean, the tallest mountains, and the densest parts of the forest to find the right name for our great green city. So that's, of course, their good response from their social media team there. Obviously not wanting to give anything away and giving a nod to everything else that's still a finalist. And some of those names are just the Kraken, the Sockeyes is one that we heard, the Evergreen we heard, the Totems, Cougars, Emeralds, Firebirds, and even the Rainiers are all names that we've heard tossed around for the new Seattle team name. So I'll just ask you, Nick Horwald, what is your favorite team name for the new Seattle franchise? It's not the Kraken. I know that. No? You don't like the Kraken? I don't like a lot of these ones. I don't know why I don't. I just don't. (laughs) It's just weird. It was weird when Vegas introduced the Golden Knights. Everybody wanted the Vegas Knights instead, or the Black Aces, which would have been really cool still. But the Golden Knights seemed cool. And they couldn't get the, not the trademarking for it. Couldn't get the something legal for it and still haven't been able to. Yeah. But. So you don't uh, like any of these names? I don't know about not any of them. I just don't like the Kraken as much as I do, say, the Cougars or. See, I feel like the Cougars are too generic. I think the Kraken is something that's very unique. And I think also the Seattle Kraken just sounds. I mean, it kind of sounds like a, a junior B team, but at the same time, it sounds really cool. And like I, like I started off the show with, release the Kraken. That would be cool. I mean, yeah, that would be cool. And generic, I'm not too worried about generic. There are multiple teams called the Bears. There are multiple teams called the Lions. Like, yeah, but not in hockey, though. Yeah, I know. I get not hockey. Not in the NHL. Bit... That's the thing. Like, I get I... the NFL has the Bears, the Lions, the Hershey Bears in the AHL. But still, I think for, for this Seattle team, I like either 
the Rainiers, because of Mount Rainier, obviously, I think that's pretty cool. Or the Kraken. I, I really like the Kraken. And, of course, I've seen it everywhere. Yeah, it's it'll be a different one. It's I understand that the NHL is definitely different with their names. Yeah. We don't have too many just generic ones. Now that I'm kind of looking at it. No. I mean, the Panthers, I guess. Yeah, the the Panthers, but at the same time, that's really, like, if I think about it, that's it. The Stars, I guess you could say, but not really many other teams are the, are the Stars, the Kings. They're kind of generic names, but they're not the... The Sharks. Generic, pre- like, there's the Predators, but usually it's a Predator animal that teams go with. Like, oh, the Bears, the Lions, the Tigers, whatever. The, the NHL is good at switching things up like the capitals a little different the senators the canadians the canucks i mean i would say the penguins is kind of generic but i mean at least it's not used in other sports yeah. like it is just an animal but you're not gonna you know play against like the and it also know, fits the denver the, city, the pittsburgh penguins it just yeah sounds good yeah it's not like you're gonna be going against the denver penguins in you know baseball or something yeah. So what we do have to talk about today is a little bit of Pittsburgh Penguins stuff, as we were just mentioning. They have pulled close to the caps for the division lead, so we'll talk a little bit about the importance of them if they can catch up to the Washington Capitals and if they can get on top of the Eastern Conference. And in the second half, we're going to preview the Pittsburgh Penguins and Tampa Bay Lightning matchup that is scheduled for later this evening. So that's all stuff to look forward to. But before we move on, what is your last pick? If you had to pick one of these names, what would you pick? Mine is the Kraken. Uh, let me look at it again. Let's see. If I had to pick, gun to my head right now. You know what? Sockeyes, because it is different. I don't know what a sockeye is off the it's top of fish. my head. Hey, man. So it's, was a Kraken. I don't... The Kraken's a mystical being. The sockeye is just just a little fish. I'm and sure I we could like. I just doesn't. It sounds weird. The Seattle sockeyes. What? It sounds weird. Come on, it, man. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I like. I think it might just be biased because I've sold myself on the Kraken so much. Fair enough. I mean, I don't know what a sockeye looks like. I bet it looks cool. I mean, in, in the end of the day, it's a fish, so it looks like and a fish. At the end of the day, the penguin's a flightless bird too. I mean, exactly. So let's just move on and let's get the show started now. Welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky. I am joined, as always, by Nick Horwat. Horwat, we watched a pretty good matchup this past weekend, Penguins and the Capitals, and we talked about it on our last episode a lot. That pulled the Penguins closer to the Caps. At that time, we sat four points behind, but now, due to the Capitals' win on Tuesday night against the LA Kings, the Penguins sit six points back of Washington with two games in hand though so the big question is how important is it to you that they come back and win this division if they can it's I'd say it's extremely important because not only people keep saying winning the division I keep looking at it as the Capitals are currently first in the league yeah they're a point above Boston and there's a four point break between Boston and St. Louis and then one to us I'm looking at that as if we overtake Washington, we might be overtaking the league in a season that, before the season started, everyone was counting us out already, for whatever reason. And then we got, have gone through a number of brutal injuries to in key players. It's impressive to even be where we are now, let alone possibly itching at a President's Trophy, maybe. I agree with you. It would be nice to see the Pittsburgh Penguins on top of the Metropolitan Division. It'd be nice to see them on top of the Eastern Conference, which is something they've only done twice 
in their team's history once in 1993 and once in 2013. Neither of those teams ended up winning the Stanley Cup. But at the same time, I don't think it's necessary that they win that division because I feel like for some reason this year, I feel like it's destined that Pittsburgh and Washington will meet in the playoffs. And I think it's destined to be a second round matchup this season. And whether that means Washington gets the one seed or Pittsburgh gets the one seed, I feel like they're just destined to play each other in that matchup in the second round. So I think the big thing for the Pittsburgh Penguins is just to play their game and not really worry about division standings. As of where they sit now, the playoffs seems to be more of a, I don't want to say sure thing, but at this point of the season with the, <clears throat> the trajectory and the trajectory the way. that they're in. Yeah, thank you. It seems like the playoffs are pretty much a sure thing. Yeah, so you, you never want to say it's important, but yeah. I don't think first place will be all that important for the Penguins. Yeah, you never want to say that it's a sure thing or something like that. And of course, like you mentioned, we don't want it to be what we're focused on. It's just something that's a cool little nod to the season we've had. It's like I said, we've only won the President's Trophy once in our history. We've only won the Eastern Conference twice, including the President's Trophy year. It's something that, shockingly, this team has had, you know, Stanley Cup championship teams. We've had Mario Lemieux, Yarmir Yager, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin. Like, we've had these guys. We've never done it. I just think it would be a nice little push to have something like that again. That might be being biased and just wanting to see our team do great, but, like, it'd be something to be a part of again. Yeah, and there's the key thing in what you said is you said you would like to see them do that. Yeah. Whether it is that you'd like to see them. Yeah, I'd love, obviously like to see the season end and the Penguins be in the top of the standings. I'd love to see it. But I don't think it's it's that important for this team. I just think that especially because, like you said, we've had Stanley Cup champions. Sidney Crosby is a three-time Stanley Cup champion. So is Evgeny Malkin. So is Chris Letang. These guys have never, other than in 2013, never been at the top of the conference, I don't think it matters to them. And I don't think it really matters in the grand scheme of things in the current playoff system because the Blues are a testament to that just last season. I feel like seeding's not really important for the top teams in the league. If you look at last season, you had Washington lost in the first round to Carolina. You had Calgary, who was the top seed in the West, lose in the first round to... Who did did Calgary lose to? They lost to uh, Colorado in the first round last year. So... It doesn't really matter where they finish. I think it doesn't really make a difference as to how they're going to play when it comes playoff time. And I think the biggest thing that you look at for seeding is going to be home ice advantage. Yeah. And that's something else I wanted to talk about. How important do you think it is for the Pittsburgh Penguins, who historically have not been the greatest team on the road, but this season seems to be on a good trajectory as far as their road record. How important do you think it is for them in the playoffs to have home ice advantage this season? I think home ice advantage is what killed us last season, you know, not having it. Because mm-hmm. I said it whenever we had our radio show, I f- or even in the early stages of our old podcast, whatever it was, if it was flipped and we had to play our first two games, not like going and clean against the Islanders mm-hmm. at home, I don't think the intensity of Nassau Coliseum in playoff time for the, you know, in the season the Islanders had. We don't get swept in that series. We may not win the series, but we definitely do not get swept in that series. And who knows? Maybe we do go on to win. That's just my point of view on it because we came in, we came back home, and our crowd was already taken out of it because we saw just the downfall begin. And it was just 
you know, Nassau being jacked, being in there with some fire because they weren't supposed to be there. They're the underdog story that's somehow made it at all. I would, I kind of believe that if it was flipped, it would have been a different, different outcome in a way. That being said, who are we set to play as of right now, at least? As of right it now, we like... would play Columbus. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> oh, and there's what? They're pretty far ways behind, two, four points behind us. They're four points behind us, but we have games in hand on them as well. Do we have games in hand on everyone? Almost. I don't think everybody, but the, <laughs> the bulk majority, because we took that five-day break when other teams were playing, and then we're also on a three-day break now after everybody came back. Yeah, I was going to say, because Washington already had their break. Mm-hmm. So... So, but yeah, no, bye weeks, the bye weeks are done. Yeah. More or less, I'd say if we're playing Columbus, you know, home ice doesn't worry me too much. But let's say we jump into first, then we have home ice, period. So, yeah, I just think I do think home ice is important, especially for our fan base mm-hmm. and for our team. More or less our fan base because, like I said, you can't go into your first home game down 0-2 and your crowd just doesn't want any of it. Yeah. You bring up a couple interesting points, starting with the Islanders series, which is something that obviously we're going to revisit because it's the last playoff action we saw the Penguins in. I don't think yeah. it made a difference that we started at Nassau. I think it's nice to think that we made it made a difference because it's kind of a scapegoat. No, not saying that you're looking for one, but it right. kind of feels like a scapegoat because that Penguins team just wasn't ready to play in that series at all. Whether it was in Nassau Coliseum, Barclays Center, or at PPG Paints Arena, I don't think there was any way that that Pittsburgh Penguins team was getting out of the first round just because of the way they were playing towards the end of the season as well. So it's not just the playoffs. It was the way they were playing at the end of the regular season. So I don't think home ice advantage really played a part in that. And when you think about it going back to the Stanley Cup years, the Pittsburgh Penguins didn't have home ice advantage against the Washington Capitals either of the times that they beat them. Any of them. I don't think we ever had home ice against them. Against the Capitals? No, because the Capitals have won the division for the past four seasons. I guess so. So it's just the matter of when it comes to playoff time, home versus road is a little different. I get that it feels like home ice advantage is very important. Look at the Stanley Cup Finals last year. The road team won every game. Yeah. The Penguins this year, 19-5-3 at home, 14-9-2 on the road, which is better than they've been a lot of the most recent years and actually in history the most they've won on the road is 22 games so they're on pace to possibly tie or pass that record and be the best road penguins team we've ever seen i just don't think especially the way that they've been playing so far i don't think home ice advantage in the playoffs is going to matter to this team if you looked at the way they played against washington and what it was basically a playoff atmosphere and basically a playoff game because of how important these games are going down the stretch against the caps they played well, and they played a good road hockey game, and I think that's something that will carry over to the playoffs. And I know that it's you think it's important for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I, and I agree with some of the points that you made that it is important for the fan base of the Pittsburgh Penguins to see them start at home fresh because they'll be up. But if the fan base sees the Penguins lose on the road at first, it's not going to be as good of an atmosphere come Game 3. And I get that, but I just feel like this team is a little bit different when it comes to home ice advantage versus playing on the road. And I think this team will just throw that to the side, similar to what the Blues did last year. Yeah, you're right. This team is totally different. I was just, you know, taking in just the mentality that can happen given last year's situation because, like I said, it's it's an arena that the Islanders don't normally play in. There's so much more history there. The fans love it there more, clearly. (laughs) And it's just one of those things that could have been – it could have been a little different. 
I'm not yeah. suggesting it was the complete reason. Obviously, yeah. the team was completely different, but it, there was something to it. And this season is a little different, but Nassau isn't a place you want to go into whenever the Islanders have a chip on their shoulder. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's very true. And I, and I do agree with you that it did play a factor that in those first two games that they were in Nassau, but I also think the bigger factor was just the team. Mm-hmm. And that's where... And, and we agree on that, and we just disagree on basically the importance of home advantage for this year's team. Yeah. Now, to finish off this discussion, who in this division, because it seems like whether we get the first seed over the Capitals or whether we stick in the second seed, we might or probably will see another Metropolitan Division team in the first round of the playoffs because right now the Metro holds the last two wildcard spots, and there's really only one Atlantic team that's threatening to take over, and that's either Florida or Toronto based on whoever's not in that third seed in the Atlantic so as far as the Metropolitan Division goes who could be a threat for the Pittsburgh Penguins come playoff time it might you know I don't know how we've stacked up against them because we haven't I feel like we haven't played them a lot this year but the Islanders again are holding on to a wild card spot um, with the Flyers the Flyers I don't feel like have too much fight against us but it is all that would be a great series regardless we know how those two teams play it might be a little bit a little bit more back and forth Columbus I'll, I've said it before and I'll say it again dude I that's not a team that exactly strikes fear into me I don't know why it isn't but is it time that we finally start giving them a little bit of credit like they're in sixth place in the National Hockey League right now and think about who they've played with especially in that you have Elvis Merz Lincoln's that other Latvian dude that I can't even think of his name right now and then Jonas Corposalo, who was the starter and injured. So you think about the fact that they lost them. They lost Panarin, who was now fifth in the league in scoring with New York. They lost a guy like Matt Duchesne, who was only there for the playoff run, but he was really good. And then they lose a guy, the caliber of Sergei Bobrovsky, who, whether or not he's struggling this season, is still a top caliber goaltender. You lose all of that, and you still find a way to be one of the top teams in the league as of right now. I think it's a testament to Tortorella, and I think it's about time we start giving them their due. And I noticed a couple days ago that they were in third place in the Metro. I didn't even realize that they were that close to being in the first wild card spot. So I just think it's time we start paying attention to them. And I think after last season and the run they had, and by run I mean basically beating the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is no joke either. You beat the best regular season team in NHL history. I think now that they have a little bit of success in the playoffs under their belt, they might be a team to fear coming this 2020 playoff season they might be but i just don't i mean how often have we played them this year i feel like we haven't played any of these guys a lot yet we've played columbus twice we beat them at home really early in the season i think it was the second game of the season and then we lost to them on the road on black friday and that was a bad loss that sullivan was really upset about similar to what they did against philly right before the all-star break but i think only twice we've played them this year yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, we played them the second game of the season, so no wonder I don't don't remember that. Yeah, we lit up Corpus Allo in that game. Or no, Merz Lincoln started that game for some reason. So Okay. Yeah, so I would just have to assume that they wouldn't be the hardest team to play against, but they are a team that's you know in third place right now in the Metro, and it is hockey, so it's one of those any team can, can beat any other team whenever. We just haven't played them enough. I mean, we have to play them, I'm guessing, twice more. At yeah, at least. Yeah. You have to play division teams at least four times. My just just my straight assumption there is home ice wouldn't worry me too much with them. It'd be a fun series to play against them. I'll say it. I'll screw it. I'll knock on wood. It wouldn't be the hardest series. I mean, the last couple times we played them, which last time we played them, we crushed them in five. 2017, yeah. 
the only time I can think of before that, I think we took them in six, and that was with a not-so-great team. Yeah. It was their first time ever in the playoffs, I think, or something like that. They're not exactly a team that has a lot of playoff success or experience. Yes, what they did last year was great, but you went on to get shellacked in the next round, or am I wrong about that one? By Boston, yes. Okay, yeah. And it is a completely different team. It's I don't know who's on their team anymore. They got Nick Foligno, Seth Jones, and obviously their goalie situation. Their their bulk of their team is based on defense. They right. got Seth Jones, you have Zach Wawrenski, you have Murray there. They're all really good defensemen. And then you also have somebody like P.L. Dubois, who has come into his own this season. He's still not a top-tier player, and I don't think he's that good of a player, but he's played out of his mind good this season. And Cam Atkinson, who's somebody you mention a lot that you like, yeah. he's there too. He came off the injury. He's playing well. So I just think it's time we give them a little bit. I'm not saying they're cup favorites, but I'm saying – nobody's really noticing them and they're in sixth place in the entire league now third in the metropolitan division and i get there's a little bit of a dichotomy between the top four which is us st louis boston and washington versus five and six and further down but still it's you got to give them their due if they're sixth in the league after losing all those players it's pretty impressive yeah and i'm you know looking at their roster and their goalie situation is just guys with not name generators, but letter generators. <laughs> like from, I said, I can't. I can't even think of the guy's name from Latvia. That's their third string goal. I'm not so. even going to attempt his last name, but his first name is Matisse. <laughs> Matisse yeah. something or other. Um, two goalies from Riga, Latvia, and the last one from Pori, Finland. Like this is the strangest goalie core I've ever seen. <laughs> and it goes down to their numbers. They were 70, 80, and 90. Yeah. So it's it, it's a little strange and. It's something that I think we need to keep an eye on, especially coming towards playoff season. This is a team that who knows what they do since they've had a little bit of success. But you mentioned Philadelphia Flyers. Mm -hmm. I think they're a dark horse. I think they're very underrated. And I think the biggest key and the linchpin in their success is going to be Carter Hart when he comes back from injury. He needs to be that steady force in the back end. I think they have the offensive ability, especially, you know, we mentioned last week, our last episode, excuse me, Nolan Patrick. Of course, he's facing some concussion issues. So we'll see what happens with them. But I still think that if they can get into the playoffs, they can be pretty dangerous. Probably. I mean, it's a team that, you know, we love to play against almost always. I don't know exactly if Carter Hart's back, but they have three goalies on their current roster at least. I don't look at their defense and exactly think it's all that meant to be. Costas Bear needs to get the hell out of there. <laughs> it's a young team, it looks like. It's a young team that's got, you know, a little more to prove. They have a little more to play for with um, Lindblom being diagnosed with cancer and everything. So they have something to play for, which is really cool for them. And it just has to come together for them. If they really want to be a team that can have su- have success and, you know, have a deep run, they just got to have all the cards and all the, you know, the plans need to align for them, it seems like. Yeah, and I completely agree with that. I, I know that, like I said, it's a dark horse. I'm not picking them as a favorite or anything. I think they're just a dark horse, and I think if they run into Pittsburgh in the first round, we've seen how those matchups have gone so far this season. I mean, the Penguins do lead the series 2-1 to one with an overtime victory and a 7-1 to one victory, which is pretty much the most decisive victory so far in in the series. But Philly does have that 3 to nothing win in Philadelphia, so the Penguins, this year's Penguins at least haven't proven they can win in Philly yet. So we'll, that's something to keep an eye on, definitely. And then do we really even need to talk about the Caps again? No. The Caps are obviously a threat. 
Right. And we'll see that in the playoffs. Before we move on, the Tip of the Iceberg and the Hockey Podcast Network have partnered with NHL Shop to give you, our loyal listeners, the opportunity to up your NHL apparel game. Whether it's NHL memorabilia, hockey cards and collectibles, or even simply just team apparel like jerseys or shirts or sweatshirts, we've got you covered. Just visit us on Twitter at Iceberg Podcast and click the link in the pinned tweet for awesome deals at NHL Shop. We're going to preview tonight's heavyweight matchup after the break here between the Pens and the Lightning. But before that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors at the Hockey Podcast Network. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Pens will finally be back in action tonight for the first time since beating Washington this past Sunday as they take on the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first game of their two-game trip to Florida. So Nick Horwat, it's going to be a good game. you got Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, Vasilevsky. It's going to be an interesting matchup between the Pens and the Lightning. First time we've seen them in a couple months and the first time we've seen the Pens in just over three days. So what do you think is going to happen when these two go head-to-head tonight? Oh man, it's gonna be a fun one. I, it's just I was trying to remember. Like I know last season the Lightning were going off, so it was always hard to tell who they had in net because Louis Domingue was having a stellar season as well. Yeah, but this season, obviously, the Lightning have not been to what they were last season. They finally kind of turned it around, I guess, and are starting to win a few more games than what they were, mm-hmm. what they wanted to. This is always a scary game to play because it's Stamkos, Kucherov, you know, to an extent, Braden points to, you know, Victor Hedman on the back end and and Vasilevsky who can you know can be a brick wall at times. Mm-hmm. They're a team that pushed us to seven in twenty sixteen, and it was a ve- fairly similar team. I just I, I know our past with them has been back and forth. It seems it's never really an easy game to play against them. Yeah, it, it's going to be difficult. It's the first time they've been in Tampa Bay since that game earlier this season where the Penguins did score that goal in the last second. I will still debate that. That puck was across the line, but of course, they didn't go back and change the because you couldn't see it or whatever. The Penguins lost that game 3-2 to two in a game that was down to the wire. It took the Penguins taking a penalty in the last minute or two minutes of the game for Victor Hedman to pot that third goal past Tristan Jari. So it's really... I think important for the Pittsburgh Penguins to come have a good showing and really you need to get the at least two points out of this Florida road trip. You're facing two teams that are sitting in playoff positions as of right now. You've lost games to both of these teams already this season. So you need to at least beat one of them, I think, over this weekend. And just like last weekend, if you can beat both, that's even better. But the Tampa Bay Lightning, who had, like you said, a slow start, they're surging right now. Andre Vasilevsky was named the third star of the month of January for the NHL because he had a 10-win month, I think, out of 11 games, including, I believe, three shutouts. So he is playing out of his mind good, definitely living up to the contract he got in the offseason. And I think, like I said last episode, Stamkos is the most underrated player in the league. Kucherov is kind of flying under the radar for a guy that had a 128-point season last year. Right. He's still a top 15 scorer in the league this year. So I think the big issue is going to be with special teams. We saw it last Sunday against Washington. The Penguins went 0 for 6 on the power play. If you're going to play a team like 
Tampa Bay, even more than Washington, you're going to need to score because although Washington's power play is very good, it's very easy to see how you're going to beat them. Tampa Bay's has the Ovechkin threat everywhere with Kucherov, with Stamkos, with Hedman. It's just these guys come from every angle on the power play, and if you're going to give them four opportunities, they're going to pot at least two goals. So I think the importance is going to be in special teams tonight. What do you think about that? I also agree. I mean, it's a game that also can get a little, you know, a little chippy here and there because, you know, Malkin's a, fi- a feisty little Russian. Kucherov can be at times. It won't be against those two. Won't be against each other. As they, you know, Malkin posts a nice picture of those two fishing. Um, I guess was that Kucherov in the picture? I don't think it was Kucherov. It was in the not picture. Kucherov in the picture. So he might have just taken his boat out. Uh, either way, it was. Either way, we know those two are probably good buddies. So it won't be those two going at each other. Maybe Malkin likes fighting everyone. But I mean, they're Russian. I wouldn't put them against fighting, even if they're friends. Yeah, but you never know. These are two teams that have fa- that have faced each other a lot, and you know, over the span of most of their careers, most of their guys' careers, Stamkos and Crosby have seen each other a lot. You know, Malkin's played against these guys a lot. It's they're two teams that can have a little feud to get between the two. I know a couple of playoff series, even before 2016, you know, may not have turned out our way. We don't play them too often, but when we have, it's been one way or the other. And this will just continue that. Special teams will be um, a factor as a matter of if, you know, calls want to be made. At the point we're recording this, we're not sure who the starting goaltender is going to be tonight. Who do you think? is going to start in that for the Penguins? Is it going to be Matt Murray because he has the track record against Tampa Bay, or do you think they're going to start Tristan Jari because of just the rotation that they started with the Flyers game? Uh, the first, my question, though, is do you think they'll do one and one? Will they go yes, to the next? I think it's going to be one and one again, just like last weekend. All right. Um, I would say Murray, then Jari for Murray in Tampa and then Jari in Florida. I think Murray was in net whenever we lost to Florida in Florida earlier this season. To Florida or Tampa? Florida. Florida, we didn't play. Oh, we played Florida twice. We lost to them in Pittsburgh and in Florida. And Murray was in net for the one at Florida, and Jari was in net in Pittsburgh. Cool. So I I agree with you, though. I think Murray starts against Tampa Bay, and I think Jari starts against Florida just because Jari played better in that game that happened in Pittsburgh than Murray did when he was in Florida. So I think that's probably what we're going to see. And I think tonight, like I said, special teams is so important. One, don't take more than two penalties against this team. And this Penguins team has not taken very many penalties, but at the same time, you only have to give them one chance and they'll change the entire game around. So you can't do that. And if you get on the power play, score a goal. You were 0 for 6 against the Capitals. You really didn't get your cycling going at all. I don't know if it was something the Capitals penalty kill was doing. It didn't seem like it because the Penguins just couldn't really get any passes under control when they're on the power play. It's something that they need to take care of tonight, especially if Tampa's going to be willing to give them the chances. So I think that's going to be the key to tonight's game. And I think the last thing we're going to do before we go is, do you think the Penguins win both games, one game, or no games this week? Man, I'm hoping for both. The Tampa one's going to be the – well, they're both going to be hard. I'm going to just err on the side of caution and say they're going to win both of them. Screw it. Why not? I think they beat Tampa, and I think they lose to – Florida. Ooh. For some reason, I don't know. We're 0-2 against Florida, 
And then Florida ju- is just coming off that big win in Toronto. That's That was a huge win for them in the Atlantic Division. So I, I think Florida is going to have our number in Sunrise. So I, I'll go one and one conservatively. All right. The last thing before we go, on Monday's episode, we announced that our show, The Tip of the Iceberg, as well as every show on the Hockey Podcast Network, will be getting their own individual feeds starting this week. So to update you on that, our feeds are currently up on at least Spotify and SoundCloud that I've seen. Again, we'll keep you updated on that, but remind you that you can still listen and find all of our episodes wherever you get your podcast from simply searching The Hockey Podcast Network. And you just have to scroll to our episodes Go ahead and binge watch it on Spotify, or binge listen, I guess it is, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. But that is all for this one. You can follow us at Iceberg Podcast on Twitter. Our show is brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. Every team, everywhere.